Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Episode 64 of For Future Considerations, strolling down memory lane with Matt, Manny, John, boys, what's going on? How you doing? John, where are you? Alaska now this time? Or where the heck is this cruise? This is coming to an end now, isn't it? Just to get everybody caught up to date here, John's been on a four and a half week cruise. Yeah. What it seems. In the Pacific. Around the world. Yeah. It's like he's Robinson Crusoe or something like that here. He looks like it. Look at him. Kind of does. Look at him. He's setting sail with Captain James Hook. <laughs> Flying high with Peter Pan. Woo. He's been how's everywhere. Going? How's it going, guys? Hey, we should be asking you how. How's the trip going? <laughs> Good. Still new. No food poisoning yet. Uh-huh. The, food, the amount no. of food that John Rashad eats the the food to food poisoning ratio is. That's impressive for really? a cruise. I, I'm really surprised that they haven't kicked you off yet because you know you eat like for seven people. No. Like I don't know if they prepped enough food on this cruise for you. The last <laughs> cruise that I went on, we were talking. We get the ultimate package or whatever it is. So you get the bracelet. Yeah, you can yeah, drink yeah, it. Yeah. Just hand them their card or whatever. And we're we're sitting there calculating. Like okay, we have. 11 drinks today, it, it makes us worth our while overall set. Rashad's doing that with, like, full meals. Right? <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, so there's, like, six T-bone steaks, like, a couple of lobsters, <laughs> some chicken parm. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's that's fair. That works out. How much and seafood dinner... do I have to eat for them to lose money on this vacation? Yeah. That's, <laughs> nothing beats the idea of going on vacation and somehow thinking that you're sinking Carnival Cruise. <laughs> like, I'm going to drink so much, they're going to lose money on this shit. <laughs> Remember, this is the same guy that forced Pizza Hut in Owen Sound to get rid of the lunch buffet. Literally right? Like, this is the same guy. So this is not a shocker when Carnival Cruise Line's second quarter earnings comes out yep. and it lost money on its food. It's, there's so, going to be two things. It's going to be COVID and John Rashad <laughs> that are going to sink the cruise industry. That is true about the Pizza Hut thing. I mean, I can't prove it, but the same time I arrived, <laughs> the same time I arrived back in Owen Sound, Pizza Hut went you. from being a buffet to a takeout place. To my grave, and, and it's too much of a coincidence for not to be something, right? There's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To my grave, you are single-handedly the reason. <laughs> so while John hasn't been enjoying the cruise, Matt and I are. Just hanging out in my backyard again. So another episode. The weather has been so nice mm-hmm. that we are recording outdoors again. So if you hear dogs or birds or lawnmowers. A drive-by a, shooting. I was going to say, the one guy had a shotgun and it, it just <laughs> missed. It really just missed. So I don't know. It nah, hit the nah, unicorn. Nah, nah, nah. The, uni- the blow-up unicorn you got out Call here in your backyard. <laughs> That's his name, Connor McDavid? Yeah. He's a unicorn. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, if you have been listening for the last few episodes, hope you have. Last week, we had a great, great debate show. The first episode this week, this is our second episode of the week. First episode, we talked with some listeners who emailed us or messaged us 
uh, on social media and let us know some of their greatest sporting events, whether they were watching live in person or whether they were watching it on TV. And we are going to continue that today on this episode because the feedback was so overwhelming and there were some great sports memories. Awesome stories. Yeah. yeah. Awesome stories. So like we said in the in the first episode, like they may not necessarily be like the great moments of sports that we all know and love and see the highlights of on, on TSN, but it's individually it's it's something that stood out. Uh, most definitely. And uh, we always love feedback for future considerations at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. Yep. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. John Topless is also the username that we've, we've opened up here. John on the cruise, John Topless. There's a few things going on in, on the gram as well. Looking for some, <laughs> some hits on the reels there. So when you do send in your email, they go straight to John's inbox. So if you do have pictures that you want to share, John would love to see them. Oh, so we have a couple more people that we're going to talk to on the pod today. Uh, we we heard a, a hockey story. We heard baseball stories in our podcast episode with our listeners earlier this week. Time now for a football story. And this guy wrote in, and he's a huge sports fan. Glad to have him on because we're golfing with him in a couple of days. I know, huge fan of the show. A huge fan. Horrible music. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it's horrible, but hopefully his golf game is better. Yeah, let's, let's just say, yeah. Kiefer from Amherstburg is going to join us. Kiefer, how you doing? I'm doing good, boys. How you doing? Good. Thanks, Thanks for the intro. Good. Thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, my man. Oh, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What an up and down relationship we've had. Since we have. We yes. This. I, I didn't know who you were. I always heard about you. Manny would always talk about this 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 cool young cat that he cool worked with. Young that's, cat. What he, that's what he said. <laughs> this cool young cat that he worked with all the time. And then uh, you started sending in the music, and and most of it was garbage. And then we, oh. <laughs> we then we connected. <laughs> And then we played we played the Drake song, and it was garbage too. And I was really worried that we you were going to bail in the golf tournament, and I, I don't know. That no, Post I Malone mean, song, I think, hurt him. Like, got him right. It, was, it did. Yeah, I, I I lost some sleep over that. I think I <laughs> I think I went into I went into all my all my playlists, and I'm trying to find something. I was texting Manny, Manny. I need to know what music Matt's into. What kind of genres? I need to find something that I know he'll like, and that he won't say it's bad. So then I, I suggested Puerto I Rican salsa, and he said, no, I'm not into that. I love Puerto Rican salsa. Rashad, is that what I can hear in the background on the cruise right now, the Puerto Rican salsa? <laughs> I love that Matt calls him out for a month straight, and he's still trying to impress Matt with a good song. Most people would be like, screw you, Matt, I don't care. Yeah. No, like when I'm all I'm picturing in golf, I'm going to bring my little portable speaker. Okay. And then we're just going to take turns putting it on our, our cell phones and just playing whatever random songs. So as long as the, the time that Keeper's playing the music, I'm in the sand pit or <laughs> <laughs> off in the fescue somewhere. I'm, I'm all right. Mm. We're going to get kicked off the golf course with whatever I listen to. <laughs> well, that, that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah, just caution, boys. I am representing the team that is hosting the golf tournament. Well, that's your problem. That sounds like a your problem, not a my problem. 
former assistant to the general manager. Uh, well, Keeper, glad to have you on. We know you're a big sports fan, so you like all sports, right? All sports. All for uh, all for the big North Americans, so baseball, hockey, football, basketball. I can't, can't get into soccer. I know, Manny, you're trying, but just... <laughs> Oh, I, I can't. It's but, it's too slow for me. But tell me, Ronaldo is the greatest sports soccer athlete of all time. As right? some, if somebody asked me as a non-soccer fan and they asked me who I thought was the best, that would be my default answer. Yeah, sure. finally. Yeah. Finally. We got some But Ronaldo that's coming from love. somebody who knows nothing about soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so, think of the greatest soccer. Yeah. Hey, what an why ally. do you have to do that? Like, stop when you're ahead. Stop when you're ahead. Okay. I, so, I don't. I don't want to get harassed at all. Like, you know, this player's better. That player's better. Uh, so your basketball team is uh, the Raptors. Okay. Your baseball and, team uh, is baseball and Tigers. Uh, hockey. I'm a Habs fan. Yeah. Go Habs. Go. And uh, football. I'm an uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Uh, well, you were gonna say Oakland. Raiders. I still thought, uh, I'm still saying Oakland. The, the commentators still say Oakland. Now yeah. still say Oakland. It's uh, it's um, it's a weird change. I they're going into year two now in las vegas and i'm i still say open so and and that's your uh and that's your big story right like that's yes uh, that, that's my big story yeah that's your sports story so tell us about your experience in oakland yeah so back in uh 2018 uh, my girlfriend uh she's got family out in california uh kind of just south of the bay area so about an hour and a half drive and uh we went out uh, we went out there in november of uh 2018 and uh, they happened to be in town. They were in Oakland that week, so uh, I picked up two pairs of tickets. They weren't. I think at the time they were kind of expensive. This was probably week two of the season. So okay. The Raiders were not. Uh, I believe this was the first year of Gruden. Uh, so they they had tore the whole team down. They had mm-hmm. traded uh, Khalil Mack before the season. I don't know if it was this season or the season before. They yeah. traded Khalil Mack. They were just they were selling everything. They had. I mean, I think. Yeah, they had, like, nobody good. Like, it was not a good year. So I, I bought them really early in the season, like, week one or two. And then this was in week, I believe it was week nine. So by week nine, uh, we're, you know, we're getting ready to go to, to the game and stuff. And uh, they were one and eight. And the tickets, I checked the tickets the morning of, and the tickets were, like, 50 bucks. I paid, Whoa, beautiful. I, paid, I, I think I paid 170 for the first, first or second row of the second bowl. So I, I paid a lot. For, and then those same tickets now are 50 bucks. So I'm like on there, like, should I sell my tickets and upgrade or just bite, just bite the bullet and buy new ones? I'm never going to come out to Oakland again. This was <laughs> at, in, no, I've been there. Nobody wants to go back to Oakland. Yeah. But this yeah. this was the season where um, it was during the season, everyone knew it was their last season. And then they ended up coming back in 2019, I, I think it was something to do with like the lease of the Oakland Coliseum. So they ended up returning to the city in the next year. But when I went, I was, uh, I was in the mindset that it was their last, it was their last season in Oakland. So uh, we get to the game, you know, we, we drive over the Bay Bridge, which is just awesome, especially if you've never seen it. Like the pictures mm-hmm. look great, but in person, it's even cooler. That uh, bridge is cool. That bridge it is, is very cool. Yeah, yeah there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's obviously uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. I forget the name of the other bridge, but it's sort of like a it's like a double decker bridge between. I don't know if it's it, it connects to Oakland, but that's that's the first one we drove over. Um, so we get down to the game, and uh, we're just trying to find parking. Like there's tailgates and just parking everywhere, but the only lot we could really get, uh, I think we paid fifty U.S. dollars, and this lot, it was like 
it was literally a dump. Like there was TVs, <laughs> there was there was appliances, uh, garbage. Like it was literally a dump. Like if they had a sign that says "Bring old appliances or electronics," they were everywhere. It was, and I paid fifty dollars <laughs> for here. Um, and then as so we had no choice, and the game was soon. So we, we just wanted to get there early because I think it was uh it was November 11th, so it was the Veterans Day. So we have the whole you know kind of pregame ceremony, sure, sure. right on, and the planes fly over and all that. So I just oh, I definitely cool. want to get there early and check out the stadium. And then as we're walking in the stadium, you know, there's you see needles on the ground. There's just like oh I'm, I'm I'm not exact I'm not exaggerating. Just to I, recap, I re- this is your favorite sports memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, favorite in the sense that it's the most memorable. Like, I guess okay. when people ask me, I'm a Raiders fan. The, one of the first questions that their sports fan asked me is, oh, have, have you been to the Coliseum? Right? And they're known for their, like, notorious fans. they got the black hole and all that. Yeah. Right? So, um, so this yeah. this is so even was, before you enter the stadium. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> is before. And and to top it all off, uh, I had my girlfriend with me, who at the time we had only been together for, I think, about a year and a half. So She's, I paid for her. I paid for her ticket to come and uh, she, she was okay with going, but her um, extended family, their cousins and all that were telling her, you know, keep your purse in front of you, like everything in front of you, like <laughs> keep your head on a swivel, like 360. And I'm like, please stop. Like we're, I'm wearing a Derek Carr jersey. She's got a Raiders shirt. I've got a Raiders hat. Like we're not going there as Chargers fan, which, which was the team they were playing. I don't think I mentioned that they were playing the Chargers. So like a big rival, both fan bases hate each other. Uh, so back to when we were going towards the stadium. So um, as we're walking, we uh, my girlfriend overhears somebody telling them that, you know, you're not allowed to bring a purse in the stadium unless it's a clear purse, which I think most stadiums have kind of adopted that rule. So she's like, oh, oh shit. Like we're at this point, we're probably about a kilometer from the car. So I said, I'll run it back and just wait here. But there's, there's a cop car right there at the corner. Wait by that cop <laughs> car. Don't go anywhere. Because, like, I can't lose, uh, you can't get, you know, taken away because your family's back at home and I don't, I have, I have no excuse to say, oh, yeah, I, I lost her at the Oakland Coliseum. No idea where she is. She's fine. She met Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> so I take her purse and I start sprinting back to the car and I said, I don't think it's a good look for a guy to be holding a purse, sprinting away. Someone's going to, you know, tackle me or trip me, so... I started this like really goofy like speed walk and I'm just you know because like and I'm like and I'm like I'm You're checking strutting. my watch and I'm checking my watch and I think uh, the game uh, I think was at 10 a.m. because it's West Coast time or no 1 p.m. Sorry, so it was probably about 12:30 and I you know they started all the pregame stuff early so I finally get back to the car and then put her purse away, hit it under like eight things in the car because I don't even know if our car was going to be back like there when we got back. <laughs> Half the tires gone. <laughs> So finally, we we get to where the, all the tailgating is. Just like if you've ever seen the Coliseum, uh, it's right next to the Oracle Arena, which I think I think they're demoing it because I don't think anyone plays in there anymore. No, you're right. But there's there's parking lots, there's pavement all around both of the stadiums. So we're walking through the tailgating. Uh, there's just um, what I assume is weed smoke just everywhere. You know, everyone's <laughs> you know ev- everyone's drinking, everyone's having a good time. There's like party buses or those like smaller, you know, like commercial type buses and people are on top of them waving flags and the speakers are just great. Like the, like the pavement's just rumbling with like rap music, like which I assume is like West coast rap or any kind of rap, <laughs> anything with a hard beat was playing. Um, 
But the craziest thing walked through the tailgate, like you just hear when, you know, chanting Raiders, like the iconic Raiders chant. But we passed by a tent and they've got like, it was like Halloween limbs. It was like an arm and like a leg and there's like a Chucky doll hanging from a noose. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. and like, I just grabbed my girlfriend and like, she was like, like I was loving it. Cause like, I knew this was what I was, I knew this was the experience. Like exactly. I wanted, I, I wanted it raw. I didn't want anything else. Like I wanted to see everything and she was just like scared out of her mind you know like just looking around like you know why couldn't you have been this like a lions fan or something yeah, where like, nobody goes yeah you, exactly you, and you don't want to wins. encourage <laughs> at that point you don't want to encourage people to be like man i wish you supported a team in detroit so then we finally get uh we finally get into the um into the ticket line we went through three metal detectors just to get in there. Three. Uh, usually it's one. But we went through three. So we finally get in. And um, what I usually do when I go to a sporting event, if I have it, if I bought a ticket up in the upper level, I'll always have a, like one or two ticketing app opens. I'll be checking StubHub or SeatGeek or something like that. Okay. And I'll check to see in the lower bowl, I, this, is, this is terrible to say, if there's any seats that haven't been bought yet. Because you can sneak down. Yeah. Um, later in the game, early in the game, because of those smart uh, those seats have not been taken, right? I like it, and especially uh, I got burned because I bought the tickets like before, like just as the season started, and they were for maybe one and one, and they're one and eight when yeah, I bought. Yeah, so yeah. The th- you know, I felt I was like I way overpaid for my seats. So I'm like, oh, there's there's three seats open um, at the 50 yard line, so. We're walking, and I'm like, I th- I'm just going to make up a number. I think it was like section like maybe 225 or something like that. So we're getting close to 225, and the usher's like talking to somebody. So I just like grabbed my girlfriend's hand and we just walked right down into our seats. And I'm like, okay, we're going, you know, row 20, seat, you know, 16, 17. All right, right here. This is it. And she's like, are we allowed to do this? I said, it doesn't matter. No one's bought tickets. <laughs> no one, like, game like, kickoffs in 15 minutes. No one's buying these tickets. We're fine. So we're sitting there, and uh, long story short, we were able to sit there. No, no one ever came for the seats. But the stadium was like pretty full. I would probably the whole game you stayed there. Yeah, the whole game we stayed there. We never got kicked out. Beautiful. Um, but just as a backup, I think uh, the row in front of us or the row behind us, there was two open seats. So I had those. It's like, a, oh shoot, sorry, we're in the wrong seats. But yeah, I don't even know if that would have worked. But the tech at the Oakland uh, Coliseum, I, I don't. Like there's no tech there. This this stadium looks like a jail cell, like like like, <laughs> like a jail place. This is all concrete. Yeah. Well, walking it's, up to it certainly sounded yeah. like yeah. It. It's yeah. it's so dirty. Like it's <laughs> the yard. It's, it's I, I think it was made. Uh, they made it in like '67 or '68. So at, at the time, it was the longest dual purpose stadium before the Raiders moved. Um, but just an just an awful, grimy stadium. Like you go into the bathrooms, you're waist high of smoke. There's like, there's no like needle, uh, whatever those like safe needle deposits. There's, there's in the garbage of all places. It's <laughs> awful. I feel my bad for the guy that has to take that out at the end of the night. My God. Um, and if, I, I could go like, there's so many. There's so just, who won the game? Uh, the Raiders lost bad. So they were like, I said, they were one and eight. Uh, the Chargers were seven and two. So they, they, I think they made the playoffs that year. Uh, so it was a good team. It was a good Chargers team. Yeah. So they lost twenty to six. So I didn't even get to see a touchdown. It was just two field goals. Oh, which is like the worst. 
California and not seeing a touchdown. And going through all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be, other than going to a hockey game to watch your team, um, and I'm not scoring a goal, like I think seeing a football game with no touchdown is next in the list. Yeah. Right. Worse, so and what then, What do they call the Raiders fan section again? What did you say that it was called? I think it's in the south end zone. It's called the Black Hole. The Black, the black hole. hole. Yeah. Right. So, so they've got um, flags and they've got a big banner that says like, uh, I think it says like NFL's most notorious fan or something like that. So I, so I know you were sitting in near there, but you know, you were in the same building looking down in that corner. Like, yeah. Was, was that crazy or as crazy yeah, as like walking just, up to uh, the stadium? Yeah, like you just see all all the fans like they're like they're so passionate. I mean, the Raiders the last time they were good was like two thousand three, two thousand four when they when they made the Super Bowl when John Gruden got traded to the Buccaneers and they met in the Super Bowl. Like they haven't been good in you know eight eighteen years. They, I don't think they won a playoff game in eighteen years. So, but the fans still you know very similar to Browns fans. They show up every week. You know they're just as crazy. If the teams are one in fifteen, or if they're fifteen and one, like they're the same same level of enthusiasm when they're there so but just seeing everyone in like um like in costumes like there's like the darth the guy that dresses like darth vader right there's like uh there's yeah. the guy that dresses up as like gorilla which is like um gorilla rilla and then there's um well i'm gonna he just got inducted into the fan hall of fame i forget his name is that oh, the- I, uh the violator he just got he's in the fan hall of fame like, you see him in the black hole it's just like to see like these people are these people have been season ticket holders for you know, 25, 30 years, most times, even when, since they were in LA. Right. So like just the passion that they have is, is like insane. Like, I, I don't think there's another fan base. I mean, I'm maybe biased, but I don't think there's another fan base that's as passionate and wild and crazy as they are. Well, that's a crazy story. It's no wonder it's one of your most memorable sports experience yeah. stories. <laughs> what you went through just to even before you just got to the stadium. The building. Yeah. 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 Like, and then, uh, like even when you're leaving, there's like um, police cars everywhere. There was like bomb squad trucks, like SWAT vehicles. Like I don't know what happens. Like I, I didn't, I didn't see anything, you know, that would have warranted those people being there when I went. But like, that, it, it kind of is, it leaves you with an uneasy feeling. You know, there's bomb squad trucks. We're at a football game. Like, just, yeah. just another Sunday in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Matt, you've been to Oakland too, right? Yes. Yeah, so I've been to... Do you know what he's talking about there? No, because I was at... (laughs) No! Because I was at a a baseball game, and there's more people on this call than were in that building for the baseball game. So I I don't remember much of the walk, but I certainly remember the fact that it was just a massive space with a little bit of grass in the middle of it that, from from what I could tell and what I've always seen, the way that the the baseball stadium's constructed and the and the football stadium on top of it, like it's a football stadium. The lines are still across yeah. the diamond at, right. at every moment. Like it was like basically like a football stadium that they just dumped a bunch of dirt on. Um, but no, it was it was a very unforgettable experience. The only thing that I do remember of that, and so I was a kid. I would have been. Oh, I don't even think I was a teenager yet um, that we went out there and, and just so happened we had done California as, as a family road trip and the Tigers were playing the Angels out oh, cool. in Anaheim and they were playing them in Oakland. The only thing I remember was getting into a bit of an argument with the gentleman behind me because of a, a run the Tigers scored, which ended up being the winning run of the game on uh, a play where they scored the run and then got a player in the rundown 
and tagged him out for the third out. And the fan behind me and the people behind me were going crazy, assuming that that run didn't count. And for whatever reason, I decided to explain to the people of Oakland that since that run had crossed before the out was recorded, that's a winning run. That's a winning run. And uh, I'm sure my parents got me out of there immediately and will be very concerned by this story when they listen to this podcast that, that we were all there and I was mouthing off to Oakland sports fans. So <laughs> bringing back some memories. Yeah, yeah. So Kiefer... After that whole experience that you talked about, walking up to the to the Coliseum, uh, you know, needles everywhere, SWAT cars and stuff like that, you must be happy that they're in Vegas. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's bittersweet. Like, I think, especially with the for the fan. I mean, obviously, I don't live in Oakland, but for the fans of Oakland, you know, they they've lost they lost their team to LA originally, and then they went back to Oakland, and now they leave again. So I I, I feel for those fans, but. I guess from like a like a revenue, you know, sort of interest perspective, like there's, I don't think there's a better place to be in the NFL, especially, you know, the last couple of years than Vegas. Like it's like the sports and entertainment capital of the world. You know, they have a hockey team now. There's rumors that, you know, the athletics might move there. So I think I know they weren't first to market, and they're not, you know, uh, Vegas born. Like I still think the city will definitely embrace them. And Raiders fans, again, this might be biased, but I. They're, they're, they might be one of the best traveling fan bases in the NFL too, right? And um, California is a neighboring state to Nevada, so it, it's it's not too far of a drive or flight for most people. So, and so, they've been fighting to get a stadium for decades. Like they they had that documentary they did, uh, Al Davis for the NFL. That was a good doc. Just, that was a good. It doc. was very good. And yeah. just like like just the BS they went through to try and get a stadium, and, and you know to finally have one like a two billion dollar state of the art. You know, there, there's nothing else like it in the NFL. So for them to finally have that, I think it's is super exciting. The uh, uh, wait, you're trying to tell me that the Oakland A's are trying to move out of Oakland after that story about the experience in Oakland? That's a shocker. <laughs> hey, what do you think of Mark Davis's home? We talked about it on last week's pod. I, it's great, but I mean, he's got all the money in the world to buy. You know, this. I mean, he didn't pay for all the stadium, but the stadium, and then he's. He's got this house that looks just like the practice facility, but he, his wife puts a bowl over his head to cut his hair. Like, you can't afford to go to a real barber and tip. Like, like great. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he, he looks like a dork. Like, he, he, for Christ's sakes, he owns the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, get a haircut or just shave it all off. It's not that hard. It really isn't hard. Oh. Keeper, thanks for sharing your most memorable sporting experience with us on the podcast. Can't wait to golf with you. Make sure you got a couple more rounds in at the driving range because you're going to have to carry the team. Okay, bud? Yeah. You make sure you bring like a towel and like maybe like an umbrella and some drinks because I'm sure you're going to be in like the sand bunkers on most of the holes. All right. Oh, you you know it. I'm not getting out of the tee box if I'm lucky. I'm bringing 60 proof suntan lotion, buddy. pair of flip-flops and <laughs> you know it it'll look like we're shot on the cruise here <laughs> keeper thanks for joining us great yeah. sports memory thanks for having me boys i really appreciate it great to hear from keeper he's been a faithful listener and that sporting experience that he shared was memorable for everything 
but the actual game, we right? We even hit on the score until we're a couple <laughs> minutes into that story. That was that's a crazy story. So some some great experiences have come in, uh, even on our social media. People have been sharing them as well, responding to our tweets at podcast FFC. If you're following us on Twitter or Instagram or for future considerations on Facebook, we've got some we want to share ourselves too, right, John? That's right. Uh, mine is going to be the Vancouver Canucks and um, obviously not game seven of the 94 Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a little too sad for me, but um, yeah, the uh, game six. So Canucks setting this up, if you haven't listened to John before, huge Canucks fan, huge right. Canucks fan. Yeah. So they're in the Stanley Cup final and John can't get enough of it, right? That's right. So yeah, I'll, I'll set the scene a little bit here because um, people from uh, Ontario and a lot of the people listening to this podcast won't know what it's like to be a Canucks fan, especially back then. So uh, the Canucks came into the NHL in 1970. They'd never been good up until that point. Our best players up to that point have been Orland Curtin back, Stan Smeal, Richard Ooh! Roder was the goalie. Exactly. Manny so then, Pava. <laughs> so then 1988, I remember I was in grade seven. The Vancouver Canucks drafted Trevor Linden. They made him captain at age 21 in 1991. He was the youngest captain in the league. And so during those years, being a fan wasn't easy because they didn't win very often. Hockey Night in Canada showed them like twice a year. TSN showed them twice or three times a year. Their local TV deal was always the worst in the league, even though the owner who owned the team owned the TV stations. We only got... (laughs) He was robbing himself. I wouldn't watch this shit. Exactly. We only got between 25 and 30 games on TV a year, and that was it. So if you were a diehard fan, you had to listen to the radio and read articles in the paper. So you had to really nerd out if you wanted to be a Canucks fan. So people who were diehard fans got made fun of quite a bit. And it also made the uh, the radio play-by-play more prominent than almost any other team in the, the NHL. Like Jim Houston came back from TSN to do the radio and people wondered why on earth he would leave TSN to come back and do local radio. But it's because those games were so high profile. So 91, the Canucks finally pull off a big trade that gets them towards respectability for the first time. It was a six-player deal. It brought them Jeff Cortnell, Robert Dirk, Sergio Omesso, and Cliff Ronning, and a 1992 fifth-round pick who became Adrian O'Coin, and uh, they got those players from the St. Louis Blues. Same day, they made another trade that brought Dana Merzen to the team, who ended up being a big defenseman for them. They drafted Pavel Bure. Jeff Ooh, Brown was added That was in. the big move, I know right? That's right. Bure. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, they added Jeff Brown in another trade from St. Louis in 1994. Kirk McLean was the goalie, and now we have everything in place for the 94 Cup run. Who's so the GM had- for this? Those are uh, some sweet moves there. Yeah, that, that was. Uh, I can tell you, it's not Jim Benning. It's uh, Pat Quinn. Yeah, oh, oh, I was going to say, was that Burke or Quinn? Yeah, yeah. They underachieved that year in the '93 '94 season. They finished seventh in the West. In the first round, they beat Calgary in Game One, then lost three in a row. Then they won Games Five and Game Six in overtime. Here's a chance now for Corto. with the puck, holding it, winds up, wrist shot, stop, rebound, Linden, goal, Trevor Linden, scores in overtime, we're going to get 
And then in Game 7, Kirk McLean makes an incredible kick save. And the Flames start back. They got a break here. In on the right wing comes Flurry over the line, cutting in on goal. He sent it. McLean, a marvelous save. He turned the red light on, but that wasn't a goal. It was a spectacular save by Kirk McLean. It's the greatest save of his career. And the Canucks win it 4-3 in double overtime on a goal by Pavel Bure. Brown, a long pass to Pavel Bure. In the clear, right in. Yeah, it scores! Pavel Bure has won it in overtime. Pavel Bure picked up a perfect pass. Stick handle in the clear. Deke Vernon gets the winner at 2.20 of the second overtime. I still Save remember that. Beauty. Yeah. I remember that goal, too, by Bure. Oh, yeah. 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 So then you're they, losing your mind. That's right, because I had written them off. I had told a friend of mine, I'm like, there's Shocker, no wait, way. Wait, Shocker, stop, Shocker. Stop, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, stop. No way. <laughs> I said, oh. there's no way they're coming back to win three in a row to win this series, and then they did. And then in round two, they beat uh, the Dallas Stars in five games. Round three is another big goal in Canucks history. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in five games in double overtime in game five. Into the Toronto zone, turning off the left boards. Back at the line to Babbage. Long shot. Putman had trouble with it. Adams should score! Greg Adams! Greg Adams! Adams gets the winner! 14 seconds into the second overtime. The Vancouver Canucks are going to the Stanley Cup Final! So then, the Stanley Cup Final... They beat the Rangers in game one, 3-2 in overtime. Then they lose three in a row. So again, the entire province is writing off the Vancouver Canucks yet again. <laughs> yep. They won game five, six to three. And then that sets up game six, which is considered by a lot of people up to that point to be the greatest game in team history. And the Canucks put 14 shots towards Mike Richter in the first. They led one nothing on a goal by Jeff Brown. Linden won the draw. The shot scored. Deflected on the way in. In the second, he scores again. Linden on the faceoff. Goes to the puck and goes in back of the New York goal. Now at the right point, Brown shoots, scores! Jeff Brown! 3-1 Vancouver! Then, Jeff Cortnell scores to make it 4-1, but the ref didn't see the puck go in. It bounces away from Lafayette. He puts it in front, Cortnell scores! Jeff Cortnell! No! So the play continues. The Rangers come down, score. Anderson centered it. It's at the front. They score. The Rangers have just got their second goal, and it's 3-2. to two. But what happened to the Cortland chance? So now suddenly, what should be a 4-1 game is now 3-2, and everyone is losing their minds. Where's the replay on this? Well, they wait until the next whistle. They play for several minutes. They have a video review confirming that Cortnell scored the goal. And here it is for the goal. Hey, we were right. Cortnell did score. And then they replay the next several minutes. Oh, what a night. We're in the last minute for the second time. You can figure that out. So the Rangers goal was called back, and then the Canucks forced the seventh and deciding game to go to the Stanley Cup final for game seven. Two games ago, only one city was planning a parade. A cheap shot by Mark Messier at the end of the game. Linden has been chopped down. He's crawling towards the bench. Linden's been injured. Now he's hit again by Messier going to the bench. 
Messier hit Linden when he was down on his knees. The play is running down. It could get a bit ugly here in the late stages. Which led to one of the more famous play-by-play calls in Vancouver Canucks history. But there is going to be that seventh game. We'll hope they can patch Linden up and get him in that one. He will play. You know he'll play. He'll play on crutches. He will play. And he'll play at Madison Square Garden. On Tuesday night, the game is over. And then, of course, they lose the next game by one goal, but we won't talk about that. But What year was this again? This was 94. Nine, did they have replay in 94? They must they have, did, obviously. Something. Yeah, they did go back, but uh, they didn't stop the play. And so the play just continued for the next several minutes. And the Rangers score. And then you're like, well, now what happens? So, yeah, they went back, reviewed it, and then replayed the next several minutes. Rashad, walk me through something here. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to nerd out with you for a little bit here. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go back to 2006. So I had worked in Owen Sound for about almost four years. And had moved back to Windsor in 2006, summer of 2006. And the Tigers were great. And they took off and they just kept winning. And they, they make it into the playoffs. They get to the World Series. The first time, like, the Tigers win the World Series in 84. I was born in 81. I don't count 84 to me for anything. I don't remember it. I, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's a world championship. I acknowledge how great that team was. I, I have no connection to that team. So 06 is the first time they get there. Like, Rashad, every single day, your body is just, and your mind is just aching for the next game. Like, you are really, like, living day by day by how that playoff run goes. Are you not? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And getting home, listening to the pregame on the radio, then turning on the TV, Muting Bob Cole and Hockey Night in Canada, turning on the radio to listen to the play-by-play. And actually, I unplugged my phone for a couple of the games because I had friends. I'm going to call yeah. and bug you. If they're starting to lose, man, I'm phoning you. So I unplugged the phone. Manny, my why parents, did you do that to the guy? But this is 94, right? Like, it's not <laughs> yeah. a cell phone. It's a whole it's phone. A, literally yeah, the it's literally a landline. <laughs> it's like there's an emergency in the other room. Sorry, we can't call the ambulance. My buddies may call. <laughs> But no, like yeah. Rashad, I'm telling you, like your and your chest, you, you just feel it. You're like by the end of every game, you're just exhausted, right? Like, it's, oh yeah, absolutely, it's crazy. It's such a weird feeling. <laughs> and and you... and then when they score, you yell, and the dog goes running because he yeah. doesn't know what the hell is going on. Oh, <laughs> and when the other team scores, you're throwing stuff at the it's TV. Just, and... It's wild. It's yeah. such an yeah. unbelievable experience going through that. And you know what's funny is I remember I taped Game Seven thinking I'm going to have this on tape for the rest of my life. I had it off of our recording it off our satellite dish. And then as soon as they lost, I went back and taped right over it. <laughs> With like Fresh Prince episodes. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. The beach combers. <laughs> <laughs> the color bars for John Rashad. <laughs> so I can't tell you how heartbreaking it is because um, early on, I remember in 1982, I was really young. And so, like you said, no real connection. I remember we were cheering for the guys in yellow, but I don't really remember that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 94, I watched them go to get to within one goal of winning the cup. And then it happens again in 2011. Yeah. It, so yeah. Were, were, you, were you as up and down in 2011 as you were in 94? Yeah, definitely. I had uh, I was in my apartment in Chatham. <laughs> and uh, living and dying with every game. 
And then also, yeah, listening to the pre and post game on the internet from Vancouver and calling friends out in BC and trying to be as close to it as I possibly could. Yeah, I mean, you're President's Cup trophy winners that year, right? Like this, that was your run. Yeah, yeah, we were supposed to do it that year. And Roberto Luongo gets pulled. Right. Twice in that series. Yeah. But that's a great story, John, because it is the epitome of a fan of a specific team. You're up and down with the team. When you're committed to the team, that whole experience, that whole story that you talked about, we've all lived it as fans of that sports team. Yeah, that's right. And then one of the things that was really neat about BC is because you're kind of isolated. You're in the Pacific time zone and the whole province is cheering for the Vancouver Canucks at that point. For so many years. There's nothing else going on, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone got into it. I remember radio stations were making like songs, every sign you saw in every business, go Canucks, go. We're closing at 430 when the game starts because the game started early out there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a magical time, only to end in a bitter disappointment. <laughs> Great story. Uh, Matt, uh, I know you shared a story in the last episode. Do you have another one you want to share? I, we could do this all day. I this know, I know. This, this is, is great stuff. Rashad, that's, like, I get that, man. I, I, I get that feeling so much. Like, you know, the one that, uh, the, the one that I'll always, that'll always stay with me. Like, I have been as a tiger fan uh, and and a baseball fan in general, like I am so blessed to have seen the things that I've seen, you know, live. I saw Mark Burley's perfect game. Alexei. Yes. 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 Wow. I saw Justin Verlander's first no hitter. The 0-2. High fly ball, right field. Ordonez backing up. He is there. No. I don't know what the odds of seeing wow. that are, but I mean that it's just luck of the draw, just just how cool it is. But for me, watching a game that I wasn't at that that I saw happen, and I mentioned this uh, on the earlier episode with uh, with the, the Prince Fielder uh, catch at first base that sends the Tigers to the World Series, 2006 that we hit on Maglio Ordonez, it's a walk off home run to win the American League Championship Series against the Oakland Athletics and send the Tigers to the World Series. In the air, left field! The Tigers march to the World Series! Just going through that run of, uh, like we said, coming home, Tigers are great. I was at the game. They eliminated the Yankees in the Division Series. Marcus Thames, I believe it was, hit a home run. And that was early in the game. That may have been the fourth inning, something like that. And we were just going nuts. And and my buddy that I was with and the guy in front of me, we're going crazy. And these guys behind us were just like, relax, like it's 2-1, like, you know, relax. And this, the game's long over. And it's like, no, man, like, I know it's over. I've, I've been through this. Right, I know right. this game is over. Like, we just yeah. won this game. And then Magli Ordonez hits the home run to send the Tigers to the World Series. Still, I had to watch the highlights a day or so afterwards to just find out where that ball ended up going. Because the second he hit that, I was on the roof. 
Like it was, I lived in an apartment building. I was on like the ninth floor. I could have jumped off the balcony and survived. I was that <laughs> hopped up when that thing, when that moment happened, I'll, I'll never forget that as long as I lived. And we went out and we just had a ball. Like it was, it was a great, just a great time to be a Tiger fan. That, that whole window of time. But yeah, like, you know, like Rashad says, they, they get to the world series. They play St. Louis who sucked. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst team that's ever won the world series collectively that that team itself that year and they just handed that world series yeah. over and error that, after error after error and pitching throw like like the errors yeah like brandon inch has an error at third base todd jones throws one into section 225 mm-hmm. on one that just gets hit right back to him like it was it was an absolute debacle and it's the first time that i remember in sports it was introduced that they had too much time off because they swept Oakland, yep, and St. Louis was in a battle, and I don't remember who they were playing in that series actually, but that was a long series, and they just kept rolling. The Tigers were sitting at home for a while, and there was a bit of a layover from that, and and who knows? But uh, yeah, like Rashad, when you're telling that story, like that that just rings so true to me in 2006 of what that whole run was like to just get to the end, and it just sucks. Like it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. Like yeah. So that whole experience I remember too, because it's the reason why I got a Meglio Ordonez jersey. Yeah. That hit. Like that was such an epic memory for me. Watching it thousands of miles away in Owen Sound at mm-hmm. the time. But being a and that's huge... to me that would hit. Like I came home. Like I'm from Windsor. Like yeah. I was right there. Right. Like that. It was all. It was all just a sign. I was so envious. Of you. World I was, Series. I was jealous of you. Yeah. You had just left Owen Sound. You left John and I to go yep. down to Windsor, and you got to experience this great run. And I was so envious. Uh, but yet, I, I, it was just a great run being a Tigers fan. When they won in '84, I was 11 years old, but not a real big baseball fan. But growing up in Strathroy. We would get Detroit TV stations, okay, and we would see the games yep. and regularly, and it, yep. it was great. But being older and being more invested in the Tigers and Meglio hitting that huge home run, yep. and thinking, "Hey, we're going to win the World Series! Oh my God, I we're going to win the World Series!" We and they didn't do it. No, they didn't. <laughs> they sure didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> if if I think about my great sports. Uh, memories. I know where you're going. You can, you can go a couple ways, and I, I feel could. like I was involved in both of them. Yes, so. you were. All right, all right. Yes, yes, you were. So, you know, the the one that I'll say, I've got a couple, so I'll be brief here. So February 4th, 2018 will always be a great day in the Pava House. Uh-huh. Because that's the day the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Was there for that. Yes. And... I didn't want to have a Super Bowl party uh-huh. because I'm a pretty nervous watcher for my team. I didn't really want anybody around, but in the end, it didn't matter because after halftime, people started leaving, and it was only Matt and I. And I was on pins and needles for the whole game. Uh, I'm like, oh my god, we're taking the lead. Off play action, going for it all into the end zone. Sean Jeffrey for the touchdown. Oh my God, we scored again. Blunt is in the backfield. LeGarrette Blunt 
Swings to the outside. Inside the 10. Blunt to the end zone. Behind a Selleck block. Oh my God, we have the lead at halftime. Fourth and goal. Uh-oh. And they're going to snap it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles. Touchdown. Did they just go up for fourth and goal on a... Flea flicker to throw to the quarterback before halftime? <laughs> the quarterback caught the pass? What? Did that just really happen? Oh, my God. And I re- it was right before halftime, and I was like, holy crap, I can't believe it. This is the best game ever. I hope we can hold on to the lead, but it's Tom Brady. And then, you know, then all of a sudden the Patriots got going in the third quarter. And we're like, oh, crap. Four-man rush, and then it's caught. Gronkowski for the touchdown. And it turned into, uh, uh, they score, we got to score. And mm-hmm. that's what had happened. And then Brandon Graham strip sacks Tom Brady for the fumble. Uh-oh. Brady gets hit. The ball is out. And Philadelphia has it. And I'm jumping up and down in my basement. Uh, and then we have to settle for a field goal. Donnie Jones to hold it. It is good. And I'm like, oh, that's still only an eight-point lead. Like, Uh the Patriots can come back. And then they get the ball, and Brady moves them up the field a little bit longer, and then they throw the bomb. Brady under pressure. Escapes the sack. Launching one for the end zone. It's a jump ball, and it's incomplete. And Gronk was there. Ball drops, but there's a bit of hesitation in me. I'm like... Did we just win? And time runs out. This is the end of the game. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. We won. Oh, my God. We won the Super Bowl. So I will always remember that. And I will always remember the fact that I went to work the next morning and Matt didn't. That's right. (laughs) I called in sick the next day because we had about 73 beers in the sink, in the kitchen, in the basement. And I was in no condition to even get home, let alone go to work the next day. But I'll never forget that, too, just for that that moment that you talk about. Like, there was was a moment, whether you knew it or not, that you looked at me and was like, we're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And it was great. I was so excited that I was there. And then the <laughs> other memory that I have from a sports fan was actually a sports experience. And, you know, just as Kiefer talked about it earlier, the whole experience, you know, there wasn't a set memorable game. It was just a sports weekend that I went to Chicago with my boys. And... <laughs> <laughs> Matt was there, John was there, my brother Joey was there, and we went to Chicago on a train, right? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. we caught a White Sox game, White Sox-Tigers game on a Friday. Yep. A White Sox-Tigers game on a Saturday. Yep, met a nurse. Yes. (laughs) Well, one of us met a nurse. Um, We almost got into a fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, and, and I forgot about that. You right? Yeah, 
the White Sox fans were not happy with us because the Tigers won that day. Mm-hmm. And we're winning, and we're obnoxious Tigers fans. We're standing up and clapping, and, you know, I remember one fan going, oh, you're from Detroit, that's a great city. And we're like, we're not from Detroit, we're yeah. from Canada. So the guy behind us, <laughs> the first thing that the, the go-to is, Lions suck. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I, I follow the Lions from being here. Yeah, of course they suck. We had two Eagles fans and a CFL fan. <laughs> they know that didn't work. I remember some an, an older gentleman coming up to us. I said, "You know, if this was the old Comiskey Park, you'd have got your ass kicked." <laughs> oh, your, I remember that. And yeah. your brother suggesting something about uh, living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Me shouting to people. Where are you going? It's a beautiful day. Yeah, as they were leaving the ballpark, <laughs> it was nine-one like in the second yeah, inning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were just getting so frustrated because, oh, Lions suck. Who cares? We don't even like them. Yeah, uh, Detroit's a terrible city. We're not from there. <laughs> Everything they said to try to get to us, we had a comeback, and it just made them more frustrated. But on that sports weekend. Yeah, get to it. <laughs> the boys decided before their next event that they would play in Millennium Park. If you've ever been in Chicago, it's a great park. It's a beautiful park. It's actually uh, in the opening of... Um, Mad about, or not Mad About You, Married with Children. Married with Children, children. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so it's the same park that's in the opening shot of Married with Children. We decided to play football. It's Matt and I against John and Joey. And, uh, you know, Matt and I were dominating the game. Joey and John were getting frustrated with each other. And Joey says, okay, I'm going to be quarterback. And John's going to go long. Mm -hmm. Let's just clear. Let's just clarify everything. I was guarding the quarterback. Okay, go ahead. No, you weren't. (laughs) I was not out there. I was not out there. No, 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 no. I will say, too, that um, as quarterback, Joey hit me in the numbers about three times, and I dropped all three of them. <laughs> Doesn't matter. So he was, he was trying to be encouraging, but I knew he wanted to kill and, me. And Joey was, yeah. He's not a primetime player. Don't worry about it, John. <laughs> Joey doesn't have a poker face. So um, anyway, he throws a bomb basically down the sideline. John dives and catches it. Like an over-the-shoulder, epic diving catch it was like for a touchdown you want to talk about unbelievable like if we had play of the week this would be sports center top 10 material (laughs) top one material ronnie bell was like that was a hell of a catch yeah yeah like literally joey stood there and i remember this because i was covering the quarterback (laughs) i remember this because i was basically lying on the ground beside joey and he stood up. Joey's like, he caught it? He caught it! <laughs> and the whole park went crazy. The 20 people who were watching us play and going, these guys can't catch, all of a sudden started celebrating what we now dub the, the catch. catch. Yes. John Rashad, do you what tell your story of Manny guarding you? I wasn't guarding him. Nobody was down that day. Oh, yeah. Nobody was. It was like covering Megatron. We both. 
<laughs> do, do you, what do you remember from that? Well, we will, I seem to remember I will both tell, of you. I've already told my kids this story. Like, I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Don't get involved in sports. I've already seen the greatest sports moment of all Ever. time. <laughs> well, here's what I remember. I remember we get uh, we pick the teams, and then I remember Joey a couple of times throwing to me, and he hits me right in the numbers, and I can tell – Joey's trying to be a nice guy, and he's like, he's really annoyed because I am not catching the ball. And uh, he's like, come on, John, you can do it. He's trying to be all positive and encouraging. And I think you two gave up covering me because you knew I wasn't going to catch it. So you're both covering the quarterback. So we both rushed the quarterback? We may I'm both pretty sure. right. And then I think uh, we decided uh, we're, we're, we're getting late now. We got to just, um, we got we to get moving. So I think Joey decides, you know what? I am going to score a damn touchdown with this terrible receiver if it kills me. So I'm going to air one out right into the end zone and just hope he catches one of these. And then I run downfield. I'm like, I am going to catch this or I'm going to die trying because he overthrew me a little bit, but I dove for it. And I think I did a backwards like roll and came up with the ball. I, I think that's exactly what the happened. The whole thing, it was everything. It was the stretch, <laughs> yeah. it was the dive, it was the roll that he holds on. Because yeah. Joey was like, he caught it? Yeah. He caught he it! Caught it! <laughs> and, and we lost 21-6. Yeah. And the dozens of <laughs> yeah, people that were watching goal. were amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's a great trip. <laughs> oh, man. Some great sports memories. Hope you enjoyed some of our stories. Uh, please share your stories too. Yeah, what are yours? Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well for future considerations. Tell us your story. I don't even care if it was in a park in Chicago and <laughs> nobody was watching that you made the catch. That was the greatest story I've, I can tell anybody. What is your story? Tell us. Podcast FFC. On Twitter and Instagram. Uh, amazing stories. Uh, and in fact, the two episodes this week have been great. And it's been great to connect with you, our listeners, as well, on social media, by email as well. Maybe we'll do this again, but we'll, tr- yeah. we'll try to get a bit into our debate format next week when John is back from his Pacific Worldwide cruise. <laughs> yeah. What, like, are you coming back? What, are, you, are we going to be just doing the show from a boat? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there seems to be like a, a shortage of all you can eat shrimp and steak everywhere else. Like, oh, I'd like yeah. to stay on the boat. It's time yeah. to hit land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, enjoy the rest of your trip. Thanks for listening. Boats and hose for future considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard... One of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.